Hello, welcome to the Early Value NFL Betting Podcast. Tonight, we're back with the first week of the Prop Podcast. I've got my good mate, Bradley Johnson, with me. How are we, mate? Hello, mate. I'm all good, Ross. How are you, my friend? Good. It's been a long off-season, like I said, when I had Adam Chernoff on the other night. Glad to get here. Glad to say goodbye to the family for a few months. Spent enough time with them now, so it's time for the real fun to begin. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, mate, isn't it? But look, look, we always say it'll soon be week 10 and we'll be wondering where the time's gone. Definitely. And we have to say congratulations to Budley. You had a child not long ago. <laughs> well, that's, no, that's not good news, mate. It's ruined my life. Well, the way I see it, the way I see it is you've timed it right. Baby boy was born a couple of weeks ago. You've timed it for the night feeds for the late games. I can get my sleep. You can review the night games. And I can catch up with my sleep, you report back, and we're all good to go. Something like that. No fun these night feeds, mate, but I've been trying <laughs> my hardest throughout the misses out. <laughs> We've all been there. But uh, yeah, so we're all excited, aren't we, mate? Finally back to uh, the NFL, finally back to everything that we all love. And uh, hopefully get a few good winners on these props. These these props, week one is always a great week in the regards of the bookmakers put these lines out literally the whole of this week. The hard side is the lines move so quick with everyone betting on. It's hard to get... You could do a prop podcast every day of this week, I think, couldn't we? Yeah, let's say that I think the first lines went up maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, and they've been filtering through all week, haven't they? Ross? Like you say, it's a great time because bookmakers like us, a little bit like us, I'm guessing a bit, aren't they, Ross? I mean, we're all going off yeah. limited info. But on the, on the other hand, if you've got an opinion on something that's going to set up, this is a really time you can test your opinion or put it and really not put your money where your mouth is, but you can see if you're right or wrong straight away, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, obviously everyone's with a blank, blank page at the moment. Oh, we, we haven't got the... Um, we haven't, got the game logs and the snap breaks to go through at the moment. We're going off opinions and yeah, it's, it's like you say, Ross, it's just a great time of year to, um, for prop bettors, I think, because there's lots of open, not open goals, there's lots of bets you make that you think a month's down the line, this line's going to be 20 yards yeah. higher, it's going to be 20 yards lower. So yeah, it's always a good time of year. Yeah, that's right. There, there's so many questions that could be answered and there's got to be some players we've got to take an opinion on from what we've learned in pre-season, what we've learned from reports on Twitter, from uh, beat reporters, people like that, and use that hopefully to our advantage where there might be some lines that haven't been calculated properly. And I know I get a lot of people say um, about betting lines early when they come out about the, the amount you can get on bets. But the problem is, is these lines are going to move anyway. If it, so if you don't bet on it and you want to bet more on a bet, and then you're going to say, well, shouldn't bet on early because there's not um, you can't get as much on the bets. But then if you don't do that, the line's going to be gone either way. So it, for me, I think you're better off just betting on when you can and as you can because come the weekend, the, the, them lines are gone. Some of them, I mean, we're seeing it with a lot of players are going 10, 11, 12 yards different. Yeah, like you say, and if you don't bet it, Ross, someone else is going to, aren't they? Yeah. So it's not as if like you're, it's not as if you're ruining it for yourself, because someone else is going to 
potentially take that line for you. Exactly. Especially if you're especially if you all got the smart opinion and you move it with the syndicates or with, with the, the big tipping companies, if you share their opinion, they're gonna move that line also. So it's it's also a bit if you've got an opinion, don't always wait and think you're gonna get a better line, especially in props, because we know it takes yeah. minimal mark minimal money to move these markets compared to the um the main match markets. So yeah, if you've got an opinion, I'm not saying go balls out, but yeah, stay with it and see how you go. Don't be afraid by um don't be afraid to get your bet in early. Yeah, and, and the prop market from when we were doing it a few years ago, Brads, is uh is massively different now with with Twitter, with YouTube, with podcasts, people like Adam Levitan, people like the four for four guys, the hitman and that that people have had on the show. And that these people are betting these lines early as well. And when these people are betting them and giving them out, I mean, these lines are moving really fast, really quickly. And that's why you're right. You, you, you've got to sort of take your opinion and bet it there. And then if that's where you feel. Now, if you're on the wrong side of one of these giving the bets out, you're going to be way off on your bet and you could get a lot more value. But I wouldn't want to be sitting there waiting for to see if they're on the same bet or not on the same bet as me, just to just to hold out on an extra few yards up. I'd rather be ahead of the market, getting my bet on and, and leaving it as that. Yeah, another thing, Ross, thinking just back, like say when we first started betting props together or work, like sharing ideas, you used to be able to look at the market and potentially for like quarterbacks or wide receivers, you'd get like a 20 or 10 yard difference for us, didn't you? Sometimes yeah. a 40 yard difference. Yeah. Now every line, yeah. yeah, quarterbacks used to be wild. I mean, wide receivers used to be able to get like sometimes 20 yards. Yeah. 15 yards but now you look at lines and within two or three yards they're pretty much identical Ross aren't yeah. they yeah and as soon as, as soon as one move they all seem to move whether that's because they all basically all, they're all owned under, diff, under different names umbrellas or they all use the same software mm. I'm not so sure that's a bit too technical for me but if you if you look at how it's done now compared to how it was done before the lines are a lot tighter but they're still very, very beatable, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just the middle is more gone. As you said, yeah, the, the lines are beatable. It's just it's took away a lot of the middle opportunities. Unless unless you're on a side where a syndicate gives out a side, then I think that's probably the only way you get in the middle these days because that's the only line movement you're going to get a, a massive change on. And you have to be on the right side of it before someone gives that out and then come back the other side after they, they have given that out. Other than that, I think uh, you just gotta get on with it now. And middles are gone, and hopefully your 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 process has been right in the betting. Moving on to the week one, we, as we uh we give our uh, dialogue of of how the how betting was. What <laughs> what two old men? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I well I've had a few drinks of wine, and you've got a few bottles of milk, so uh, at least I've got a good excuse. <laughs> Um, so week one so what Brad are you liking at the minute um, obviously I've made a few bets um, out of the bets that I've made that the lines are still like, quite available the one that I like most is um, Marcus Valden Scantlin under three and a half reception for the Chiefs um, now I know he's moved offence from Green Bay to the Chiefs and He's expect, his role is expected to increase. And we have heard a lot about the Chiefs um, using a lot of um, more dink and dunk 
uh, a lot more like slowing, the, moving the ball slowly down the field rather than the big kicks to Tyreek Hill. But I just think MVS has always been a burner and this is mainly based on stats. I mean, last season, out of 11, he played 11 games and he caught the ball four times, three, uh, three times out of 11 games. The season before that, out of 14 games, he only had four catches four times. The season before that, out of 15 games, he'd done it twice. And the season before that, he played 16 games and he'd done it three times. So out of like 60-odd games, he's done it 12 times. So I just think it's going to be one of them bets at one game, one or two games, possibly three or four games a season, he will have big games, like four or five catches. But... I just think it's one if you if you made this bet every week under three and a half catches, I think come the end of the season you would be in profit. I also think um they've got Drew Drew Smith Schuster, haven't they, Ross? You'll know that being a Chiefs yeah. fan. I think he's gonna play in the slot. And I'd have thought MVS be on the outside one side, Hardman to be on the other side, possibly with the um the rookie Sky Moore. And then obviously you've got um Oh, the tight end, Ross. Sorry, my mind. You've got, you've got Kels, yeah. Kels yeah, you've got Kels in the middle, haven't you? So, yeah. I just think there's there's still a lot of targets there. And to ask him to catch four balls when he hasn't got the most reliable hands anyway, hmm, I think it's going to be a big ask for him. So, I think, it, like I say, if, if I back this for the next 10 weeks, I think we'd be like seven and three winners, maybe eight and two winners. So, it's just, it's just a numbers play for me, Ross, on week one. Yeah, and I agree. I think the, the way the Chiefs' offence is and, and, and how you reference then MVS, he, he is coming to a different offence and it is going to be more dink and dunk. But even looking back at the Packers last year, he was what? Maybe the two, number three at the Packers last year. Obviously, Adams was clear, number one, Jones. And then after that, who, who did you really have at the Packers last year? Lazard. Um, Lazard and Cobb, I guess. Cobb. But so, he, so he, was, he probably couldn't have been far off the two, three. At the Chiefs, he's probably not yeah. going to be far off the two, three, probably three again, when you think of Kels being a legitimate one and could a lot of people say about him being a wide receiver, Kels. So you're talking Kels is probably the number one target. Then you've got Juju. So again, three, Hardman could be maybe pushed to four. So I think you're right. I think he'll still be one of the later looks and I'd rather be on the unders at the start of this season now going into five or six we might have to change that opinion of him and this Chiefs offense yeah. and how they're using these and that I would rather buy on the low now and buy the under and find that out in a couple of weeks that we are wrong or go on the history of how he has been like you've mentioned about his drops he's not the most um, perfect catcher that's going to that's going to have a high completion rate to him and take that under now, then then wait a few more weeks and we're we're back down to the normal of two and a half catches and what was he around about 30 yards and you have your boom or bust games where one week he's going to get maybe 120 yards and another game is going to get no catches. Which I yeah, think is... Yeah, he's normally like two and a half catches and it's normally eight to 13 to the over. Mm. So... And that is the way I see it going, we can say, within a month. And if it's not, like you say, you reassess the situation, there might be value on the other side. But I think for the moment, I just can't see him getting full catches consistently enough. So it's just a numbers play. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think the, I don't think no one knows how to cross up the Chiefs wide receivers now this year with Hill gone. I think Hardman is probably too high. Uh, personally, I think for what he's shown in the years he's been in the league, he's now up to thirty-eight and around about three and a half catches as well. I think that's probably too high. I'd rather again see it before wanting to bet anything to do with his over. It's very telling with the Chiefs keeping McKinnon, Paquero, and CEH. And well, they've kept Ronald Jones. They've kept four running backs, but readers come out and said everyone who's active tomorrow in the running back room will get touches. And McKinnon, Paquero, and CEH all can catch the ball. So there's more pass catchers if we do play the dink and dunk game. I think it's a, a very tricky game to get into wanting to bet any of the overs apart from the obvious ones like Kels for maybe receptions or that. I'm still leaning unders on players that have historically always been an under to play in Hardman and MVS. So, go on, mate. What you got for me? Well, what you got for the uh, list? What I've got. So, <laughs> listeners, us. So, Justin Herbert, over 36 and a half passing attempts. Now, I think the Chargers always going to pass it more, especially with a quarterback, quarterback like Herbert. It's way too talented. Edco's okay at running the ball. He's probably above average, to be honest, at, uh, as, a, as a running back. But also, he is one of the best pass-catching running backs out there. So I think there's ample opportunity for him coming out the backfield more often than not. Herbert last year against the Raiders in the last game, 64 attempts. I mean, he ain't, he ain't thrown it 64 times in this one, but 64 attempts is, is an insane number. The game before that against Raiders, 38. I just think this is probably three too low. I expect him to be up there towards the 40 mark more than the 36 and a half. I think the Raiders are going to throw a fair bit. I mean, their offence now with Devante Adams, Waller, Renfro, Jacobs is an okay running back and that Chargers running defence isn't the best. They might run a fair bit more, but still, I think this game is going to be a passing game. The total, second highest total of the week, if you're really wanting to get to them sort of numbers for the, where the bookmakers have made it, you've got to be throwing the ball surely to get to anywhere near the 50s in the total market. You can't be running the ball and killing the clock like that. For me, I think 36 and a half is slightly too low for as good of a quarterback as he is and the weapons he's got on offence. Yeah, like you say, second highest total on the board. We come out against the Raiders offence, which again, it could it could be a great offense couldn't it, with Adams, obviously Carr at quarterback, Wallace on new contract today, running through. Um, so yeah, you think they're going to put up points? Going to, they're going to make sure that the Chargers got to keep pushing. I think Herbert looks like a great quarterback, great weapons. Um, yeah, it make it does make it makes sense for us, and I think it's one of them. If you if you lose, it's a shootout. You'd be really surprised. And the way these two games, the way these two teams set up, it sets up. You can't see it being anything else but a shootout, can you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he did it eleven times last season out of seventeen games, and a couple of the games where he didn't do it, he ended on thirty-five on three of them games. So he's only just fell under. 
on three of them. The Raiders gave up the 12th most passing attempts last year as well on the season. It's a three-point game. It's going to be close. It's going to be a dogfight division game. I just I can't see where he's going under that under that game. They're not going to lean on the run unless they get way up early, and I don't think they will. I, I think that the Raiders will keep it close enough, long enough, if not maybe even pull out the upset. It's a tough game, that one. So I think there's enough opportunities there for him to, to keep firing, keep throwing with someone like Herbert. Moving on, Brad, unless you've got anything else to say on that, on to another selection. No, mate. Yeah, Bond, my second selection is Elijah Mitchell, the running back for the San Francisco 49ers to have over 15 and a half rushing attempts. Um, this, again, is a bit of a numbers play. I think, as we know, the Niners are on the line, on the road at the Bears. They're around a six and a half, seven point favourite. At, at the time of recording. So they're expected to um, have a healthy lead and to be running, killing the clock, as you know, that Shanahan looked to do when coaching. And I think he played 11 games last season and he cleared this total nine times. Um, he hit totals of 27, 27, 22, 21, 21, 19, 18, 18 and 17. So he was, as long as, the, as, long as this game is even in the neutral uh, game script, I mean, Chicago can compete competitive. I can't see him not hitting around this number. The only, the only one worry I've got is in one of the games, he did only have nine attempts. And that was when Trey Lance played. And he had, Trey Lance had 16 attempts himself. That's why I think the, this law, the inclusion of Lance starting is keeping this line lower than what it was all, ordinarily be. Um, I know they've got Jeff Wilson there. But I think Shanahan's pretty much committed to Mitchell. Um, if you look on the other side of the ball, David Montgomery for the Bears, his law, he is lined at 14 and a half attempts, which for me, when you, he's one attempt lower, but his team is a seven-point dog compared to a seven-point favourite. To me, that doesn't make sense. I had Mitchell pending around 18 and a half. 17, 18 and a half. So to get the 15 and a half is, um, yeah, I'll happily bet this, mate. On a soldier field, it's been, the grass is meant to be really long and horrible. I can see it being really, they're going to grind it out, 49ers, get out of there, take the win and get home, I think, mate. So, yeah, I really like this bet, to be honest. So looking through it, Mitchell, every game they've won, he's gone over. That last season, every every game they yeah. won last season, they won over. Like you say, seven point favourites. Everyone is against the Bears this year. Every, I mean, they, this set up now for the Bears to win clearly, but every everyone is saying how bad the Bears are. So you have to think 49 is going to win the game. And as you just said, that that they are going to run, run, and run. That that Shanahan's offense always been like that. If they get out into the lead, now even in some of the games they lost, yeah, you're right. It, he did go under against Arizona when Lance played, and Lance is going to get some carries, but I cannot believe Lance is going to be running the ball 16 times. I mean, that's that, that's a crazy amount for a quarterback to be running the ball. But in some of their other losses, he was still at 22 yards, uh, sorry, 22 carries, 18 carries. There's so many more ways this bet wins than it loses for me. 
I th I th in this sort of game script. There's meant to be rain in Chicago tomorrow. Again, helps all that running game. Jeff Wilson there is is not going to be involved that much. Debo might have a few carries. But I'd say Lance, on our average, I think we're looking at sort of maybe more towards the eight or nine carries for someone like him. So in a game where they could possibly run the ball maybe upwards of 30 times, being such a big favourite and getting out in the lead, 15 and a half isn't a lot from your starting running back, is it? No, I've looked safe. I think if you backed every starting running back against the Bears at 15 and a half this year, you'd be making money, wouldn't you? Yeah. And then you, fr you throw in the account how much Shanahan looks to run the ball with a lead. And it's going to be a poor field. It just sets up to get, get a lead and run, doesn't it? I mean, Mitchell's a good running back. Don't get me wrong, he's not brilliant. But if you're in that offence and you're trusted, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to put yards on the board, aren't you? Yeah. And yards and carry, sorry, on the board. And, and just to, just as a reference, when they played at the Bears last year, he had 18 carries for 137 yards. So, uh, so absolute toil on the part last season. Let's get going, Eli. Feed the Mitchell <laughs> and we'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, nobody is an Eli Mitchell, not an Eli Manning game, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but on to my second one, and that is going to be Chase Edmonds over 16 and a half receiving yards. Obviously now Chase Edmonds moved on to Miami. Miami's offense this year. I think we're all probably expecting it to be really good, really fast. I mean, they have invested. They've took my old favorite Tory Kill away from the Chiefs. They've still got Waddle there. They've took Mozart from the 49ers. They are just trying to build speed after speed. They gave Edmonds the biggest contract out of uh, out of the ones at running back, they, they seem to take on a few running backs, to be honest. They let Cerny Michel go. But Chase Edmonds has always been seen, in my eyes anyway, as more of a pass-catching running back. When he was at Arizona, we always looked towards his overs on receiving. Now, last year, he went over it eight times this total in only 13 games, which is a decent amount straight away. The Patriots were third worst last season against pass-catching running backs. And I just think with the threat of Waddle, Hill, um, with the speed that they've got and the worry on that defence, they're going to go, they're going to try and play more deep coverage, trying to nullify that threat opens up so much more the underneath game. And I think that's where we're going to see then Chase Edmonds easily be there for a couple of drop-offs from Tua that I think he'll happily take soon as he goes back and maybe sees that they are playing deep coverage, I think you've got a nice option there in Edmonds, maybe picking up seven, eight yards a catch for a couple of easy first downs. 16 and a half for me doesn't feel a lot. Mozart isn't really ever been a pass catcher. He might catch the odd one, maybe two passes, but not really a lot. So for someone who's gone over it eight out of 13 games last year, it definitely has got safer hands. The one that they've paid more money for in free agency, they I think they obviously feel safer in. I think in a, in a couple of weeks, we'll be looking at this total and he'll be up more to the 22-23 a game and we'll be thinking, Whoosh, I wish I was back at the 16 gate, the yards again. Yeah, let's say Mike McDaniel's come in 
take over at Miami Dolphins head coach. He had a great running game at San Francisco. Didn't he? We've just been talking about them. They're very inventive. You, you, he looked to use multiple backs. Um, everyone was drawing in, weren't they? Yeah. I think it will be, like you say, it will be a bit of a double-headed monster with Mostart and your man. Edmonds. Edmonds, sorry. But yeah, yeah. I know you're a big fan of Edmonds. He's good in space, isn't he? If you can get feed him the ball. Um, a lot's been made of Tour, hasn't it? But I think he's got the weapons this year. Big year um, for him. Big, a massive year, yeah, Ross. If he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't have a good, I think even an okay year is not good enough, is it? It needs to have no. a really good year, especially mm-hmm. especially with the um, draft capital they already have for next year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a solid bet, Ross. To be honest, I don't go much on the speaking before the podcast, weren't we about um, the Patriots this year? I don't go much on them. I think they could be in turmoil, especially the first few months. Um, although it's bit foolish to go against Belichick obviously got an unbelievable record but at some point something's got to give in it I mean they just seem all over the place offence seems to be going backwards defence isn't what it was constantly drafting rubbish and overpaying mediocre players aren't they so I think it's only so long that Belichick can keep digging them out of a hole and stuff so yeah I like that I like that mate yeah, we, we, we said, I think we're, we're all over the years, and you've got to respect the man, but we're all so scared to uh, go anything against Bill. <laughs> everyone, everyone's so scared because he's been such a genius over the years. Now everyone's too scared to go anything against him, and you all second-guess everything. You think, well, if he's doing that, what, what are we not thinking that? Because, it, yes, it's been so good over the years, and they just seem so weak in so many places. That I'm still, I still, I still hesitate because of of who who he is and and who they are. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I just, uh, I think in a couple of weeks we'll, we'll see more, and maybe we'll all be thinking, long enough. Yeah, maybe it is time that things have changed with them and, and we've moved on. Um, I think they're a very average team. I just still. Fearful of of his game plan and and what he can do. And if anyone can tell me who's listening, if they've ever seen a defensive coordinator in Patricia has left a defensive coordinator position to be head coach and then come back in an offensive coordinator position, I've never heard that. I've never heard a defensive coordinator change to an offensive coordinator and how that can be beneficial. So if someone is listening and they can tell me why they think it would be a good move or if they've ever heard of anyone else doing it before, I would love to hear it because it just doesn't make any sense to me, that move. Any thoughts, no, Brad, on that? Look, Sorry, mate. No, like you say, I wasn't a fan of Patricia when he was involved with the Lions. Well, he was a terrible head coach. Yeah. I didn't think he was a great coordinator when he was with the Patriots before, I think he lived a lot of having Belichick around him. Mm. He had that silly fucking pencil when he's there all the time. <laughs> uh, I just think, yeah, he's overrated as he is. And then to go back there with his towel between the legs, and it's all, almost like Belichick's found the job for him, isn't it? That's how it seems mm. to me. Um, I think what we'll see, again, we'll see how good the coach is, sorry, the, the, I'm useless in names, the, the Raiders' new coach, 
Oh, McDaniels. Um, McDaniels, we, we'll obviously finally see how good he is after what happened yeah. at, at the Broncos before. Mm. Yeah, we'll see if he uh, is as good as he certainly thinks he is. Um, and we'll see how much the Patriots miss him. Yeah. And all this sort of, I wouldn't say mess, that's a bit rude, but all this stuff that's going on with the Patriots offence can't be good for Matt Jones, can it? I would have thought. Can't be good for his development. Um, if I had a quarterback, I would not want Patricia and his pencil anywhere near him. So, yeah, it's certainly an interesting one, mate. Certainly an interesting one. I must admit, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, there, there are two real strongest players at, at the odds. Uh, one player that I was going to give out, and we'll move on, Brad, if, uh, afterwards, if there's anything that you sort of still like, was Nick Bosa to have a sack. Bet365 was offering it at 10 to 11 and half a sack's count as well. At the minute, there is no price next to his name. It was going to be one of the bets I'd give out. So I'll say it on here just in case it does come back up or if there's a reason why it's down at the minute. But that would be one bet I'd be looking at if anyone can get on tomorrow. That offensive line of the Bears is, is going to be in turmoil. The 49ers have always had a good pass rush. Bosa has had sacks. I think it was only five games last season. He never had a sack in. Um, yeah, he got two sacks in the game against the Bears last season. That'll be one player. If you can get on tomorrow, I would have given out as a bet tonight. Brad, I don't know whether there's anything there before we get off that you would would uh, like it around the numbers. There's a few, few like nothing really stands out. I mean, we bet Daniel Jones over in the week, didn't we? 19 and a half. I think it's still around yeah. 20 and a half, yeah. 21 and a half rushing yards. I just think with Dable being the head coach there and what he's done with um, Josh Allen, um, Daniel Jones' best weapon probably is his legs. Yeah. They're going to be, you'd think they're going to be in catch up mode. They're going to have to be running the ball quick. Um, it's, it's, I just think 20 and a half is not a big number for a quarterback we know can move in the pocket fairly well. That is his best attribute. And the other one I quite like is Quiz Watkins under around 23, 24 and a half. Yeah. Uh, this is mainly because we don't really know what the Eagles are going to do. We don't know if they're going to run the ball a lot. We don't know if they're going to start spreading, spreading it of all their options. But if they do obviously run the ball with Sanders and Hertz, got a better chance to bet land than as it is. If they do start throwing the ball around, he's still going to have Devonta Smith uh, and Brown on the other side, Dollar Scott and then he's going to have uh, Sanders. They're still going to be running it a little bit. I'll just Game think well as well. Say again, sorry? Kenny Game well as well. You've got there that's going yeah. to get some of that. Kenny Game well, yeah. I still think he's going to be about the fifth or sixth option. So mm-hmm. I think around 23, 24, I think it'd be one of them. Again, if you bet it every week, you'd make money. Whether that law is going to be there every week is a different matter. But yeah, that's two. I like Ross, I think. If you bet, yeah. like I say, Daniel Jones over 20 and a half, if you bet that every week, you wouldn't be far off. So yeah, what about yourself? Is there anything else, Ross, you like? No, I think that's it. I think, like I say, some of these lines, like we said at the start, the, the, the podcast that, these have been about now most of this week going into next week will it be the same I doubt it I think some of these lines you'll get a few injuries won't you in, in game and a lot of them will want to wait for any reports that come out for the injury reports 
that I think will probably fall back more to the norm that the player props will start coming out maybe Thursday next week. So a lot of the lines we're already on have have changed too much that it's not worth. One, possibly Jasicki, if you can get a 30 and a half under, I'd look to that. Again, like we just sort of spoke about then with Edmonds, the amount of weapons they've got with Waddle, with Hill, with Edmonds. Uh, in pre-season, Jasicki was hardly running any routes. Now they've moved him back more in line as a tight end instead of the slot like he's been the last couple of years. I think he, he, I think he was in on seven plays. Smythe was in on seven plays and the rookie that they had was in on eight plays on a lot of the preseason games. I, th- I think we're not going to see a lot of Jisiki. So I want to see the under there, but that's about it really, mate. Yeah, look, so I think one of the good things of so many more companies doing props is they're almost in competition with themselves, with each other. So to get the lines up earlier, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but then... Ultimately enough, they all sort of seem to con- congregate around the same sort of lines. It's not like before we used to find like, the rogue lines and you could get a middle one way or if you had a, a really strong opinion, just leave leave it and take the better line. But I think obviously it helps the punter then get the lines up early, but then they also get better into shape earlier off, don't they? So just one of them, if you look playing your props, keep looking from probably like Tuesday for, for the Thursday night game next week. Chiefs and Chargers that could be a heavy prop game. We could even think about doing a podcast for that game loss because there's be so, yeah. so, so many options available there. I think then props are probably will come out Tuesday, won't they? So yeah. maybe even Monday night we'll see. But yeah, just just keep looking really. I mean, you've just got to keep looking, keep raw on the ball as much as you can. Yeah, definitely. Brad, appreciate it. Appreciate you joining me. Hopefully, we'll start the season on a bang with these props. Hopefully, everyone listening gets on, enjoys it. Any feedback, any questions, you can reach out to us. Obviously, at me, at Early Value. Brad, where can people find you? Um, You're not going to know your Twitter under, handle now, are you? <laughs> BJ under 89 on Twitter. If you, if you want some, see a load of rubbish retweets from your man. Definitely. And anyone listening tonight as well, there is a survivor competition that we are running at NFL 2020 Survivor Earth 2020, blonde and now I'm two years beyond. At, at NFL 2022 Survivor. That we need them in before 4:30 tomorrow. So it's £25 entry fee. Plenty of entries in now hitting near 30 hour brads. Yeah, I think we've got 27, I think. Obviously, winner takes all the pot. Um, yeah, getting as many as we can into it. It's just a bit of fun. Definitely. Um, and gives you something to watch out every week, doesn't it? You, you want your team to win. So all they've got to do is win. So Yeah, yeah win and you proceed. A, a few entries from America today, which is nice. So, yeah, if anyone wants to go, give me a Ross a message and we'll um, sort it out for you. Perfect. Okay, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll be back next week with week two of the NFL. Brad, cheers, mate. Good luck, everyone. Thank you, mate. Good luck to everyone.